This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. The holidays means that millions of packages are moved every day across the U.S. It also is a challenging time for shippers as they battle for market share. Greg Hewitt is the CEO of DHL Express USA, and he joins us right now. Greg, great to have you with us today. Thanks, Dan. It's good to be here. Thank you. So give us a a feeling as to what the days are like for a shipping company like DHL right now. Well, we're in the midst of our busiest season. Um, I think to give people a perspective, we'll see about a 35% increase in volume over this holiday period compared to the rest of the year. So really our volumes rise every year significantly and that's no different this year we're forecasting it looks like we'll be up about 15 percent 2019 compared to same period in 2018. I saw a comment you made in an article that talked about the fact that obviously here in the U.S. this is the busiest time of the year but when you think globally now there are so many points of the year where it is a quote-unquote holiday that a company like DHL and other shippers, you have to be on this type of mindset throughout the year. I think, Dan, you're right. I think probably for me, I've been, I'm, I'm 26 years in this business, and I think we used to historically see a major peak around the U.S. Thanksgiving to Christmas period and then a really big drop after that uh, before it started to build again. And I think what we plan for and what we've been seeing over the last five years is more of a a peak every year uh, at this time, but then it almost plateaus. It stays up there through Chinese New Year and some of those holidays early in the year before it starts to grow again. It's almost as e-commerce has continued to grow and as e-commerce has continued to link into globalization, we just see a steady growth curve uh, around the planet. So how, since you've been in, in this industry for so long, what are the greatest changes you have seen over the course of your time here in, into what this industry was, say, 20 years ago to where it is now? Well, it's interesting. We've, we've talked a lot about that this year because DHL, as you know, is celebrating 50 years in the business. So we've had a chance to reflect back on what did it look like in 1969 compared to what it looked like when I joined in the early 90s. I think for me, the single biggest change and what's having the biggest impact now on our business, uh, one would be technology and and the strategic use of technology to give consumers and customers better and more information on their on their packages. Things like us, like mobile app devices and on-demand delivery that allow customers to track their packages, give us updates on where and what they would like and how they would like those deliveries. Certainly, that's evolved over over the 50 years and over my 26. The other is the big rise in e-commerce over the last 10 years and the fact that more and more consumers and businesses are doing business online and that people have access to goods from anywhere in the world to anywhere in the world. And depending on your currency at the time, that could mean uh, people in Australia, Canada, the UK, India, buying American goods uh, that they couldn't get before, 
or times like this where a U.S. dollar is really strong, you see a lot of Americans buying goods from Europe and Asia and having them brought in and creating a, a heavy delivery volume for the holiday season. So how is that changing your relationship with with retailers, with companies that you're doing business with? And I would think at this time of the year here in the U.S. with the holidays, there has to be a decent amount of conversation going back and forth as to what the expectation is of the retailer, how many packages they may be shipping out on a, on a day-to-day basis so that you have an idea of how much they should uh, you should expect and, and obviously uh, puts that number of packages in your system. Absolutely. We start that planning with our customers, usually in August, September timeframe. And probably if you go back, we try to get as accurate a forecast as we can from our major customers, especially those customers whose volume shifts significantly during this peak season. And the biggest thing that we're trying to understand is to plan around our capacity. And that is both our aircraft, our aviation capacity that will bring goods in and out of the U.S., but also our delivery capacity. So how many additional courier vehicles and staff I'm going to need uh, to deliver all of the goods and how many people I'm going to need to put in our call centers to make sure we've got people on hand uh, to, to handle the, the pickup and delivery requests, to handle any questions or, or concerns uh, that our customers might have. It, the more we know from our customers earlier, the better we can plan. And that's, we, we've got good trends year over year. Um, I've seen years where that, that 15% has been as high as 25 and 30. Mm-hmm. I've seen it be as low as five. Uh, this year's a pretty normal 15. And we can flex our, our business up to do that. We added four uh, network flights uh, to our business coming into the U.S. Um, before peak. We've got a number of charters secured on the very important Asia to U.S. lane where we see volume go up and charters from Europe to USA where we see uh, volume go up. I think we've put more than 300 additional uh, staff into our Cincinnati hub, which is critical to getting goods into the U.S. from around the world. I've added 200 uh, staff into Tempe, which is our call center and our tech call center to address any, uh, any issues there and hundreds of additional couriers on the road in in centers around the U.S. All of this to make sure that we can deliver on our promise and our service commitment around the holiday to our customers. So how is something like artificial intelligence already impacting your company and probably will continue to impact it uh, over the next handful of years? I think it's we see it as a major opportunity, and I think we're we're only leveraging it in its infancy right now, Dan. I think we're using some robotic process automation to automate routine um, practices and, and make our people more efficient and effective to, to free them up to do more complicated problems. We're using voice and chatbots and customer service to speed up and provide easy-to-answer questions. Um, I think where we're going uh, with with AI is to really allow even smarter and, and more complicated problems to be addressed, to, to bring a level of proactivity based on learnings of what happens when an aircraft leaves 15 minutes late in an origin. What's the 
What's the downstream impact to give more information back to our customers? We're doing that in a few markets now, but I think it's still evolving. And a big one for us that will really roll, we've been rolling out this year and we'll roll out, kind of finish rolling out by mid next year is to truly have our, our, our courier routes optimized within a station to, to really drive uh, the, the best loops for delivery, to provide the most accurate information to our customers so that they can plan around when their deliveries will be there, and to make it easier for us uh, if a courier, when you talk about what's changed, before we used to depend on the knowledge and experience uh, of our couriers, that they knew their areas, they knew their streets, they knew their customers, and if one of them were sick or off, it was a real challenge to fill that route. Now with technology and, and uh, what we're able to do is put somebody new with core training around how to use our technology, going through our safety programs, but they can get on the road without a real knowledge of the customer base and that geographic area and let technology plan that route for them so that they can run it effectively. So that's particularly important at peak when we're bringing on more seasonal staff mm -hmm. that we're putting out on the road. They just don't have the time to learn those new routes. So that technology is really helping out. Well, since you mentioned the, the airplane side of the business, uh, obviously, you know, it's been written about that that you are a client of Boeing. H has all that has gone on with Boeing over the last few months impacted you through the course of time? No, I would say our the aircraft that we've purchased that we announced last year or the year before. I'm trying to think when it when it when that announcement came in. They've been on a steady delivery stream for us of those new seven seven sevens. Um, anything with Boeing hasn't impacted the delivery of that that fleet. We've introduced new aircraft last year and this year. Right. We've got more uh, ready to come on next year. So no impact on our side. Those are they're bigger, more fuel efficient. They they fit with our strategy uh, around reducing emissions and improving uh, the efficiency uh, and carbon uh, footprint from our fleet and. Boeing's been able to deliver those on schedule for us. So playing off of that then, what, how important is the issue of, of sustainability for your company moving forward? Well, I think we're, we're very proud of our history on that front that Dr. Frank Apple, and uh, from a Deutsche Post DHL standpoint, was one of the first to put out, a, a, I guess, a, a, a carbon offset and a, a hard emissions reduction target Many years ago, we achieved that early uh, in, in 2015, and he put forward his new strategy to be a zero-emission uh, company by 2050 with some hard targets around 20, uh, 2025. And I think from that, we've been steadily working across a couple of ways to improve uh, our position at, as a business. One is training all of our certified international specialists on the express side, 100,000 of them, about the importance of, of going green and getting them to register and give back by doing uh, initiatives like uh, tree planting that helps reduce emissions. And we, we commit as a business to do a million tree plants a year. We're, we're on a good course there. Probably the bigger one that, that's talked about is 
moving towards more efficient vehicles and getting uh, uh, getting 70% of our last mile delivery vehicles green by 2025. Hmm. And I think we've made good progress in some of the urban areas like New York and San Francisco, where our normal routes run about 100 uh, miles. We've had a little bit more trouble marrying up technology and cost to get our are more longer range and bigger vehicles in play, but we're working towards it. And we were excited last week, the America's CEO for DHL, Mike Parra was in New York city uh, to, to, to talk and be in front of uh, the media with the mayor's office that the Cuba cycle, our Cuba cycle will be piloted in it in New York city, which is a basically a cargo, uh, a, a cargo bicycle that'll allow us to expand and, and reduce the number of uh, vehicles going into the island of Manhattan. So it's a great new program that we think will allow us to um, reduce traffic in, in Manhattan, improve the type of packages we can get in the hands of uh, walking couriers, uh, and it allows us to move more than just envelopes and packs. It allows actual the delivery of packages. So that's an exciting idea of things we're piloting. That came off of a technology that was used in Europe and first used in Amsterdam. So we're seeing pilots like that, um, improving our air fleet, uh, looking to do e-vehicles where we can. In New York, as an example, we've got a turbine in our uh, in our facility in, in Manhattan that is also energy efficient. That means we don't need to use their grid. We produce our own electricity. So I think it's I think it's very important to us. I I think the challenge is continuing to find more and more ways to reach that goal by twenty twenty five and by twenty fifty. And probably one of the more disappointing or difficult ones is although we've got an amazing uh, go green carbon offset product that customers can purchase, we haven't seen the same level of adoption in the US that we're seeing in European markets. So still a ways to go, and then right. it uh, remains at the forefront every year. You guys have have partnered with Amazon in the past, and I'd be interested to get your thoughts on what you think it's going to mean for shipping in general now that Amazon it wants to get into this realm more, and, and obviously they're doing it through a variety of, of different routes, but how will that impact a company like DHL? Well, Amazon's a very important customer and partner of ours, and you're right, probably the biggest partnership that we announced a few years back was when they made the move uh, to start to build out a domestic air hub in the United States, which was part of their uh, move to handle more of their deliveries on their own within the United States. Uh, They came to us to ask for support. They selected the Cincinnati, the CBG airport um, as the location for that hub. And of course, when you're building something like that out, it takes a couple of years. So they've been working with us. We've been leveraging our day sort when our hub usually is not working. We've been running a day sort for them. They've been leveraging our ground handling crews uh, to move their prime air fleet and get them ready to fly uh, during the day. So they're an important partner of ours. So until they get their uh, their hub up and running, they'll continue to work with us and we'll provide that service to them. And I think while that's been going on, we've continued to grow 
our time-definite international product with them. In fact, I think on Cyber Monday last week was our biggest pickup day ever with them, with I think more than 67,000 shipments that they tendered to us for consumers around the world, right, that were leaving the United States. So we've continued to grow our time-definite volume while they build out their domestic. Not a big impact for me in the United States, but it also means we've got to be flexible in markets around the globe where maybe we were doing domestic volume for them and they're building that out. We've got to work with them and make sure that's smooth and seamless. It is amazing to see, and you mentioned it a couple of times, how e-commerce is impacting shipping. And obviously, for the bottom line of companies like DHL, on the positive side, with the numbers and the volume of packages that are being shipped on a day, let's just you know take it outside of the holiday season. This is something that is now... 24 7 365 in our, in our culture here in the u.s people buy online mm-hmm. well absolutely if i think back i talked about 26 years i would say when i started less than five percent of the shipment that would have been at that point i was living in canada that would have been delivered in canada or the u.s as a market would have been to home addresses right as what we call business to consumer uh product now more than 60% of my volume every day is being delivered to home addresses in the U.S. and is linked to what we would call traditional e-commerce. So uh, it, it, it continues to grow. It's a faster-growing segment than our business-to-business segment, although my revenues are still more linked um, to heavier business-type product, right, that you think of. That the reality is the shipments that we're moving, the deliveries that we're doing, are far more linked to those uh, those consumer choices. What are the most important areas then for shippers to focus on moving forward? You know, to continue to improve the revenues, also making sure that the bottom line is still strong moving forward. Well, I think I think the online world is here to stay, and and in fact, what we're seeing is businesses shouldn't just be thinking about an end consumer and how they buy online. They should start to take a look and say, where else and what other business consumers could I, could I hit and attract um, in an online market? If, if, my, if my website and my supply chain is structured the right way, there's no reason why a business could not order online just like a consumer does. And most businesses are growing quite savvy and capable in that way. So it might mean questioning, do I need um, do I need to have expensive brick and mortar and fulfillment in all regions and all countries? Do I need to have distributor models in all countries? Or could I do more of that online uh, in a digital world and then leverage the capabilities of of large logistics providers like ourselves to help manage that flow. So they've got to think about how do I set up my my footprint to maximize my overall cost and my service uh, to the customer. Right. If I'm thinking about a traditional, um, a more traditional business who's selling goods to consumers, the biggest thing that we're talking about here in the U.S. is the U.S. is a big market. And, it's, and usually you start selling here first. That's natural. And you can get really caught up in just how big the U.S. market could be. 
what we're finding is if you get it right at your shopping cart, if you really localize it so that the world can see your goods in their home currency with a payment methodology that's good for them at a price that they can understand for their market, and you can get it to them in kind of two to three business days, there's a big market out there that you can tie into. And you shouldn't be afraid to open your shop up to a global environment. Partners like ourselves are here to help make that easy for you, to help you navigate uh, duties and taxes and things that might intimidate a store owner. We're there to help them uh, understand how to get that done, make it simple. And, and we're integrated with a number of partners, the likes of Shopify and Global E um, and others, a ship station that are that are making that, that easy for uh, online sales. We're there to integrate with them and make sure that the world is their marketplace. Greg, thanks very much for your time today. Good luck with the rest of the holiday season. Look forward to talking to you again. Thanks, Dan. Take care. Happy holidays, everyone. You too, Greg. Uh, Greg Hewitt, the CEO of DHL Express USA. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.